Tex Logan song. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas time's coming, Christmas time's coming, Christmas time's coming, and I know Can't you hear them bells ringing, bringing joy to all him singing when it's snowing up gold back to my country home. from nowhere there to somewhere here. You did it. Why'd you do it? You came from nowhere to somewhere. But this isn't somewhere. This is nowhere. You're listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And Seth, we made it through a tough year. We didn't put out as many episodes as we would have liked. Um, but we're a DIY podcast, and we're doing the best we can on the budget we can. And it, if it wasn't for Colonel Bruce Hampton, we wouldn't exist, and we wouldn't have made it through this year, right, Seth? Uh, that's right. And we're really a do-it-on-our-own-penny podcast because we pull this together on pennies. And and quite frankly, to agree with your point, no, we would not be here without the Colonel. The Colonel and- was our godfather and is our godfather and forever will be the godfather of this show. And we don't want to ask the listeners for, for money, but we do ask, if you do like the show, tell people about it, you know, help us out on social media, maybe write a review on iTunes, give us a five-star review. These are the sort of things that we can have in our arsenal and maybe get sponsors and maybe raise money the way a podcast should instead of, uh, we don't want, we want to earn it, but we, you help us earn it by getting the word out about us. But we are very proud. One of the best things that's happened to us in all the years that we've been a program is and also in part because of the Colonel won't get into that is that we're part of the Osiris podcast, Osiris media family of podcasts, right? Seth. Yes. And this folks is our holiday gift to you. This episode, we were uh, done for the year, but we decided to package this little gift for you all. And I'll say one thing, (laughs) one thing we have learned from uh, the Colonel or that we learned from the Colonel is always to shine light upon others. And, uh, you know, not not be about just about yourself and what you're doing in this in whatever world you're in. And that's why we always uh, whether on social media 
or on this show, we always point to other podcasts, particularly ones in the Osiris family, whether or not they reciprocate. Some of them do. A lot of them don't. But still, we do it. But on this episode for the Colonel, that's ironically our episode about the Colonel. We're going to talk about our own show and previous shows we've done about the Colonel. He was our first guest. Episodes two and three. You want to go back and listen to those if you don't want to. We're at our worst, uh, you know, on the intro. (laughs) Seth is like completely broadcasting clueless now. If you listen to Coffee Connections now and you listen to what Seth is like on those, it is a stark contrast. Um, But the interviews start about 38, 40 minutes into the episode. Uh, Episodes two and three. But they're really good, really good kernel interviews. That's of, of all the work we've done. I can safely say we did a damn good job on our Colonel Bruce content, Seth. I agree. I mean, well, the thing with the Colonel, though, especially, well, regardless of him being one of our first guests, the thing about talking with the Colonel is, I mean, he was a friend. He was a very close friend of mine. So for us to sit down and chat, it was super, super comfortable. And I didn't know him as well as Seth did, but he would, as I've said before, he would make Boston sports references, even when we were in the most casual contact to kind of as kind of his way of knowing of saying to me, Look, I, I do somewhat know you are know of whom you are. Uh, you you were uh, you started getting all baseball cardy with him, and like once you once you got him going on the stats and stuff, your your jaw just dropped. I'll never forget. You're just looking at him like, how the hell does he know all these details? And then you'd like, I'll give you an example. And I was yeah, at yeah. the I was at the seventh game of the 1975 World Series with my now deceased mom. I miss you, mom. But um, they took out. Jim Willoughby and brought in Jim Burton to pitch. But when we were talking with the Colonel, I, Jim Burton's name didn't come to me and he knew it. And I was at the freaking game. Unbelievable. Unreal. We've talked about the way David Barbie in the beginning of our episode with him, which by the way, Seth, he may make a gallant return to our show very soon. The Georgia podcast. A couple other um, episodes that have the, <laughs> I wish you people could have seen the eye, the eyebrow move Seth just did. Um, Episode 28, we have the uh, the lovely and contagious Matt Wilson and Colonel Bruce when the, when the announcement for Hampton 70 was first made. And I will, uh, t- I, will, I will let folks know, though, when you listen to that episode, Bruce was uh, he had a cold or something going on and he, he just wasn't feeling really well. But he he made it a point to bring us back and um, and and chat it up and <laughs> he wasn't feeling so well. So he he made Matt do a lot of the talking and Matt was like <laughs> kind of shy and bashful. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I remember Matt gave the exact same answer to two consecutive questions, which kind of annoyed me. But he's a great guy. He's one of my favorite people on Twitter. Also, and an amazing my- lawyer. He's one of the best entertainment lawyers there is. Uh, Ama- and- amazing is a strong word, Seth. Okay, fine. He's incredible because he really ah, is. Okay. Okay. okay, he really is. I'll meet uh, you in incredible. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Well, you were partners with Live for Live Music at the time, and they did a piece on that announcement, and they were supposedly covering our show and we were talking almost every episode about how we're going to be in Hampton 70. And then the, the night comes around and they have, they have someone at the show and they didn't link the two of us up. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even let us know that there, that there was a, so yeah, it's so silly. Journalism, we were backstage. People, journalism 101. Hello. Anyway, <laughs> I give live for live music. I want to. I give them credit, Rob. Like they're doing. Uh, Georgia comes alive here yes, this Saturday, for and they're cost. pushing to get the vote out. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. But two things I will say: one, yeah. there's not that many, if any, Georgia musicians on it. Like two, 
And, you know, and all oh, three things. And it'd be nice if they would have included, I don't know, a Georgia podcast. Uh, you know, but you know, maybe, we won't really throw that too hard. Maybe but here's the thing that maybe, saw, there's, maybe they're still hurt. So maybe. And then the third thing is, uh, and I said too, so I am adding another. Um, they had a post yesterday about so Fox News and in Georgia has this country singer come on and they're like they're like talking about um this georgia comes alive and going these guys say they're bipartisan but you know did you know dave grohl and like all these people you know so the country guy's like i'm not he, he basically was saying like they're not bipartisan look at the lineup and it's like you know in a lot of ways it's like okay they're not partisan they are pushing just get the vote out however to call yourself bipartisan isn't i think and this is in general generally speaking it maybe have like another perspective you know like if you're pushing mm-hmm. out the vote then maybe have artists that represent the other side because to see, say Jer- we're bipartisan and then see, only Jer- have people that are pushing one agenda you get my point and, and uh, by the way i totally support it applaud them for their efforts this week i do too i do great. too you're, you're right but that is kind of the new school journalism thing is to only present one side and it's, it's on the right and the left you know I, I, when i was young journalism seemed different you weren't firing people from editorial boards because they were having opposing views or sitting senators you know it's just a ridiculous time of journalism but let's not get too far afield we also have done tributes to uh the colonel and we do it every right around may one every year we didn't we weren't able to do it this year and that's part of the inspiration for this christmas show but the first tribute was between episodes 30 and 31 they weren't the first two weren't numbered episodes they were just standalone and the second was between episode 55 and 56 you can find them on our site our website and you can find them on our osiris site and um we also have a music tribute to colonel bruce and vassar episode 76 that was our most music heavy episode ever remember seth you you weren't actually you were you were i had to really had do some convincing to get that one out yeah you didn't have to do any convincing for this one so i'm really psyched to share this one this episode here the clips that we're going to present to you are actually all from uh when we were at Diamond Street Studios, we were located in Little Five Points right next to Variety Playhouse, where, Rob? The Holiday Hootenanny, T-Dog's annual uh, potpourri of different musicians, uh, mostly uh, very Georgia-heavy. It's not just named Georgia. It actually has a lot of Georgia musicians. But then they bring in a, a couple national. Like Peter Rowan. Remember that, folks? That yep. long episode we had, that really deep, deep dive with Peter. That was so wonderful. And Jim that? Lauderdale. And uh, all kinds of stuff, but it's a great, it's a really good vibe. And he, he it's a kind of fest, it's a kind of sh- uh, concert that starts real early, but he loads it up. Every single set is great. And, you know, in Atlanta, the jam people arrive late. There's, there's a lot of real casual jam people, so they miss it. So, like, we said we had a four fiddle Vassar Clemens tribute to kick off the most recent one. <laughs> the place was empty. We were up front, plenty of room while, while the, uh, I don't know. The pill and powder crowd was uh, making their way over, whatever. I don't know. But the um, thing, the thing about this though, is this is the way we were able to record these at diamond street was just like the most ideal situation. One of my favorite ways to record, you got stuff being set up. We just go, we walk over or I walk over and I fish in some of the artists and then they bring them over. Rob sitting in with his coffee. We get into the studio. Uh, The musicians are able to go ahead and start playing a little bit. And then we chat a little bit and then they go back uh, and they go back and um and and to the uh you know into the fishbowl if you will and we bring others in and it's just I, it's so fun it's so much fun I like I really like we've done this a couple times yeah go ahead Rob 
it combines our ability to set an artist at ease because you know you've heard a lot at some of these interviews they sound formulaic they sound like depositions we feel like ours are more of a conversation chill with an ability to record some music and to really capture good sound thanks to spencer and diamond street and all those folks and as we are a year ago uh one year anniversary from when we actually had railroad earth do uh some recordings with us and that was that's an episode um, about a year ago, like I said. So please check that out. And you can see all of our stuff at insideoutwtns.com. But that Railroad Earth one, the recording was so nice. That is the most blatantly underappreciated episode we've ever done i think it's just still like 1200 listens or something and it's railroad earth performing live and todd schaefer talking about all kinds of stuff including fronting from good homes the night they opened for bobby the night jerry died oh yeah oh yeah and todd's a great guy great front man for railroad earth anyway what did you just hear you heard uh to open the show uh, Jason Carter of the Del McCoy band playing with Larry Keel. Just Larry Keel is one of my favorites. Remember, I, I gauzed him on Jam Cruise once, Seth. I've told you that story, right? You have to be a listener. You have to listen to the show to know what gauzing is. Um, John Fishman episode. Give you a but Rob, I, I, speaking of Larry Keel, I was listening to Steve Earle on Spotify a couple weeks ago, and then Ryan Bingham came on. And I was like, man, let's get Steve Earle, Ryan Bingham, and Larry Keel together at some point to do something. And uh, I know that he's into it, so we're just going to get the other two. Do you want to know an interesting thing about Ryan Bingham? Yeah. Do you remember the Americana Rama tour? Americana Rama. Vaguely. The tour when, when Dylan insisted on closing every night, and I love oh, you, yeah, Bob yeah. Dylan. But, but Bob, uh, Morning Jacket, Wilco, and Dylan should have been rotating. There should have been more collaborations going on with Bob involved, but whatever. Um, the, the other act was rotating on the tour. One was Bob Weir. One was Richard Thompson. And the other was Mr. Ryan Bingham. Pretty hmm. good company. Pretty good company. Okay, so um, that was uh, a text. Uh, it's called Christmas Time is Coming. And as, as hopefully if, if Seth edited right, it's a text slogan song, as you heard. Um, but coming up, we have Nick DeSebastian from the Bonaventure Quartet. This is shortly after he had moved to Atlanta. He also was in Madrid Express. He also was in Biscuit Tragedy. Well, B Madrid Express was Colonel's last band before we lost him. Uh, Biscuit Tragedy is a Jeff Mosier project. And uh, he is a wonderful singer and player, as you're about to hear. And Lindsay Pruitt is playing fiddle. She's from the John Stickley Trio. She also plays in the Asheville Tango Orchestra and the Hot Point Trio. And she just played that festival that friends of mine went to up in the mountains, real low key. Only a few people there. She was part of that. Um, uh, th was that the one with the COVID breakout? No, no oh. spreader, no spreader whatsoever. And it was cool. It was real low key. Like the, 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 the folks who put it on, they hung out with the musicians and had a good time. But then when the musicians went off to that area, the people left them alone. They weren't hounding them. So I think it's going to happen again. Because folks, you might think you're delightful and wonderful, but at some point you got to leave the musicians alone. Oh my God, the shit I've seen backstage or at meet and greets over the years. People went on a hog musicians times shamelessly. Ooh, these folks didn't do it. So applaud them anyway we're gonna lead into a bill monroe song i don't know if he wrote it seth but he played it i know it from him olden in the way played it a few times they released it on the breakdown record breakdown um this is uh called on and on and then we're gonna hear from reverend jeff mosher mosher and, jo and joey somerville also known as papa jay he was supposed to have a record coming out. We were going to do something with that. Maybe that'll be part of the the uh, podcast. He's got some, he's got, uh, both of these guys have roots to the precious fish that Seth loves so much. And uh, they're just really wizened and experienced musicians. You love the fish, dude. Come on now. 
Mr. Aaron, oh, well, hold on a second. You're the guy that's like, you got, you gave my son two fish shirts for for Hanukkah. You might be getting a fish related gift too, there, big boy. Yeah, oh. they're in my, they're definitely in my top twenty five. I'll give them that. Um, let's see, and then we have, uh, so we have Joey and Jeff doing a, a little interview, talking a little bit about the Colonel, and then doing a little improv, and then going into. A song called a song that Seth and I can relate to. Be proud of your gray hair. <laughs> you look great. Great. Merry uh, Christmas, everybody. I hope you're having a good one. And yeah, have a happy new year, whatever New Year's brings to you. Highway, I'm so lonesome I could cry with memories of how we once loved each other, and now you are saying goodbye. On and on, I'll follow my darling, and I wonder where she could be. On and on, I'll follow my darling, and I wonder if she ever thinks of me Well, I've cried, I've cried for you, little darling I can't sleep when the sun goes down and by your side is my destination The road is clear and that's where I'm bound On and on I'll follow my darling And I wonder where she could be On and on I'll follow my darling And I wonder if she ever thinks of me tell you Seth it's about three years we've been doing this podcast this is one of my favorite things is just to get to hear great musicians like this in an intimate setting and know that we're going to be able to share it with our listeners uh, is just wonderful in the year of Oted when Craig became Corbin factories manicured stale salt lugs of utensil lotion prevailed then came the sixes in the sensitive film Merlot's Cabbage as the six restrained the Portuguese invasion thereby exalting Jack Schaefer's Basin well, there was the night of the string dusters leftover, which Jeff was a big oh, part yeah, of. Oh yeah, that. that's a yeah yeah. That story really confused me when you first told it, but now well, I first of all, let's say I think that he the, was messing with 
probably you too. Yeah, he's messing with But him. before we get to that, this is the infamous string dusters and leftover salmon. This is a big deal at the Tabernacle. Two serious acoustic uh, trad jam bands. And then at the end of the night, this is the guy they want fronting the jam session, Jeff Moser. That's how much he is respected. But my night started where I picked up the tickets and used my license. And I wasn't drinking that night because I had to drive to Woodstock. So I never looked for my license again. And somewhere along the way, I dropped my license. So, Jeff? I'm backstage after the show. We're all standing there. You were talking to someone from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, I think. Yeah, we were all standing there. And this guy walks by holding a license. And I look, and it's, it's his picture. I said, I, I know that guy. And he said, do you know this guy? I said, yeah. Uh, there was something else. That there was, was something weird. else. You were talking about our, our interview with the guy from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades at oh, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the thing. I was telling the guy from, uh, he asked me about the night Bruce died, and I said, yeah, and I'd, I'd just done this interview right before he died uh, where I talked about the worst day of my life will be when he died. Right. Wow. Which it was weird. I even said that. And... Uh, and just in that and moment. And then all of a sudden, this security guard walks by, and I said, I was talking to that guy on that license. <laughs> <laughs> that guy on that license. And the guy goes, what, what? I said, I, I was doing an interview with the guy on that license. And <sighs> I mean, they all thought I was out of my mind. I hadn't had any drugs. Right. And I, he walked up, and he said, well, we're looking for him. And so I went through my phone trying to find your number. You know how I ended up finding it. I guess it was in my phone. Yeah, yeah, you had me in there. But you got it back. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's so weird. That's just that's that was weird. But yeah. that's just. But it's so weird. But that's... you can't do the math on that. No. Yeah. Just can't do the math. Well, no. It's it's it, that's Bruce. Bruce stayed plugged in on a higher plane, I think, than than most of us operate on. He was just on another level of consciousness. I don't know. I don't know how other. Uh, any other way to really yeah. to to explain or admit, that's the only way I, that's the only way I can reconcile all of those kinds of little coincidences coincidences and stuff and like what's your birthday and yeah. you know all all of the all of, and all of the stuff that he would the deep stuff that he would say without trying mm-hmm. to be deep well, he just it well, just came out there's sound waves there's frequencies there's Bruce yeah mm. do you think yeah. he knew that that would be his last show. On some level, I think he did. I, I think he. I think he knew. I think he knew he was in trouble physically. I, I think he did. Um, and there's so many. There's so many coincidences and stuff that he said mm-hmm. and did before before it all happened. That it, 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 if he didn't know it. Consciously on a subconscious level, I think he might have. He 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 was that plugged in. He knew it. I remember so being on stage. Um, two things. I remember two things about that night. Um, one, I took. And I never take pictures with my cell phone. But Bruce was backstage, um, uh, and he was holding. He was having a conversation, and it was Johnny Knapp, who Johnny Knapp, legendary keyboardist mm-hmm. who's ninety something. We just lost. And, yeah. and, and, and Taz Niederbauer, the kid. Uh, the and, full sandwich. Right, right. And Bruce is talking. He's connecting. He's, you know, connecting Johnny Knapp with Taz. And, and they were having this, just this conversation. I thought, like, I got to take a picture of that. I got to take a picture of that. Yeah. And, and, um, and uh, I remember right before it happened, 
Bruce had, we, we, it was the encore. It was the, it was the encore of the night. I mean, like, mm. yeah, yeah, how do you, yeah, how do you script that? And he'd come over and he'd like smile and he winked. He's like, yeah, this is really happening. And I thought, yeah, it's great. We, I mean, this was, the whole night was on 12. It was, yeah. the music was incredible. The crowd was incredible. The lighting was incredible. The sound was great. It was just the crowd like, never off, sat down. Yeah, it was yeah. off it looked the like chain. there weren't chairs in the. No, it was it was nuts yeah. all night long, and he winks and he went up to the front mm. of the stage, and uh, we were uh, we we're, were playing, and he start he went down like he was taking a knee and he sort of like went down over the monitor, uh, and if you know Bruce, uh, Bruce was subject to do anything on stage, and the rule basically was you just follow his lead, so we just kept playing thinking that he was. Doing his just doing his thing, yeah. yeah. Right. And he stayed down. He stayed down, and and then uh, uh, Sam Skelton says, "Man, he's been down there a while." I was like, "Yeah." So, but we kept playing. He's like, "He's like something's wrong, man." So, and finally, one of the stagehands came out and shook him, and he's not breathing. And it it, it was it, it, the realization. I was on the same side of the stage where he went down, mm -hmm. but the, the the Fox stage is pretty wide. But you could you could hear the band. Peter out as the realization went across the stage that something was wrong. It was like, it was just like, I don't know, in a movie or whatever. But it was real. It, it was it was it was surreal. Mm -hmm. It was the the most surreal <laughs> night of my life. I've never experienced anything no close to that. It was no. There's nothing crazy. like that. It'll ever happen on stage yeah. to us again, probably. Yeah. Uh, 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 once is once was, was plenty <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah, we're good on that. I think anybody that puts turmeric on their salad wants to live. So the last supper we had in the basement with uh, um, Urchin's food. Epogenic. Yeah. And just uh, was great. Laughing, telling Sedell stories. He was in great. I asked him if he wanted his shoulder rubbed. He didn't. I asked him if he wanted water. He didn't. I kind of kept my eye on him all night. I have... Some of those skills in my life, I'm like a certified nursing assistant, and you know I know some stuff. So I was always there to try to see, you know, if he just needed something. Uh, but my feeling is that he really, uh, at a certain point, he kind of might have known that, you know, this is oh wow, this is the last of the race. But I don't think he fought it, you know. But I don't think anybody really knows, you know. There is this term, I'm trying to find it on Google, there is a term for you can die of joy. Hmm. Where your heart literally, it gets so full that it overtakes you. And uh, it's in another language, but I haven't been able to find it. But it is a physical crash. <laughs> you, you can crash. Well, and if anybody crashes... Because he was always, they never wanted to say goodbye. He, when, when you'd eat lunch with him, he'd always leave without saying goodbye. <laughs> he never wanted to make eye contact. So he had this thing about he didn't want anything to ever end, so he wouldn't say goodbye or make eye contact. Uh, he would often hang up when you were talking to him on the phone call. <laughs> and you'd just be talking and talking and talking. And he'd be like, he'd already hung up. <laughs> and it, he didn't hang up on you. He just couldn't bear, I think, the the you know, formalities. 
And so, you know, if he ha if he did know, I, I feel that, you know, it wasn't selfish of him. I think he just, he allowed the, like he did in life, he allowed the universe to do what the universe does. The universe doesn't offer any deals. And so, you know, he went with it, which is what you're supposed to do. Now, I know you have a song in mind that you'd like to do, but before that, would you, would you, in the spirit of Colonel, make up something on the spot? Yeah. What? That's Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Which will culminate in a tune that I first heard right up the street here at Little Five Points Community Pub. It's the first thing I ever heard Bruce play called Be Proud of the Gray in Your Hair. But we'll start with... Make some stuff. Some up. sea stuff or whatever. Pick it, doesn't matter. Put down that cane and 
and start walking. Be proud of this grave. Be proud of this grave in your Einstein may have been right That man's greatest victory is dying But hang in there now And don't give up the fight Put down that cane and start moving. Move as fast, move as fast as you can. Put down that cane and start moving. Be proud of this grave. Be proud of this grave. In your head In your In your head In your In your heart Be proud of this gray In your head Reverend Jeff Tweedy and Joey Winterville. <laughs> the Joey, you guys could tour melodic and banjo. We're working on it. We're, this was the first rehearsal. You heard yeah. it right here. We're part of the hated instruments. Symphony. Reverend and Papa J. All hated instruments. It has to be only hated instruments. Accordion. Oh, okay. And I know where you're going to... Accordion, comb. Bagpipes. Comb player, bagpipes. Do you know where their first gig's going to be? Any whistle. Do you know where their first gig's going to be? Where? On Hate Street. Okay. There you go. <laughs> you can call me anything you want. As long as you call. <laughs> as long as you pay. By the way, thank you again for being our first guest on this podcast. You are oh, the godfather thanks. of this show. Thank you, sir. That's an honor. I love y'all's intention, and I wish the world knew you existed. 
episode so far and now let's hear a little bit of bill fleming pedal steel player fixed on the atlanta scene fixture at the t-dots holiday hoop nannies wonderful man very wizened fellow and uh you may know him from hair of the dog but as you'll hear insightful parties at my house and that's the first time I met him we would have a, lived over here in little five points in Lake Clare and uh, he would come by parties uh, there that we had and my neighbors had across the street um, and that's what the first time I met him and then I he just like uh, plant himself on the couch yeah, yeah no he was great so so unassuming but also so deep you know he always had something interesting to talk about I remember one time my daughter who was uh, I think six or seven at the time, and um, he was, uh, <laughs> I think we were in the middle of a pennant race or something like that. There was a, something going on. He was a baseball fan, you know, an inveterate baseball fan. And so he was asking Selena, which is my daughter's name, Selena, who's going to win the pennant this year? You know, and Selena, you know, had absolutely no idea, nor did she care anything about baseball. But uh, you know, he was just became very enamored of this, the fact that here was this, this girl, young girl, who had absolutely no knowledge about baseball, nor any care about it, you know, that every time, I think there was a lesson in there for all of us, you know, every time we get to thinking that something is of of the absolute essence, and it's so very, very important, and then you meet somebody for whom this is like immaterial, you know, and kind of that's the way Bruce was. I remember him saying, you know, with you, I am, without you, I am nothing. With you, I am nothing. So he had a very zen <laughs> Very Zen way of looking at the world, and that extended to, um, you know, everybody around him in his in his orbit. I guess take your craft seriously, not yourself. Yes.
sage advice that the colonel gave us all. A lot of people do the opposite. A lot of people take themselves seriously and are kind of whimsical about their craft. I think uh, a good a good key to mental health is to not take yourself seriously. But whatever you do, whether it's landscaping, whether it's uh, volunteering, whatever, running, running, anything, take that seriously, right, Seth? Yes, yeah, right, right, right. But you know what? What I t- I took seriously, and a lot of Atlanta folks took seriously, was getting their butts to the Vista Room when Colonel Bruce was playing there on a weekly series. The Vista Room, named because it was at, on the Vista Road, little um, unassuming place next to Napoleon's wonderful restaurant, and it was just a great room. If you remember our Randall Bramlett episode, he he had played a lot of sit-down venues in Atlanta, and when he finally played the Vista Room, everybody was up, and it was like a more rousing show, and I think that's one of the reasons the Colonel liked it. And if you go back before... Well, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, look, the Brandy House time, right? So Bruce wanted to bring back the vibe of the Brandy House and what he was able to do there. And just on the short for those listeners that aren't aware, Brandy House was a venue in Buckhead that Bruce would bring people from like John Fishman, Warren Haynes, Derek Trucks. The uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. These people would just pop in um, and he wanted to create a vibe like that. And he, and he tried doing that at Jake's Toad House. He tried doing it a couple other places. When it came down to it, the Vista Room, he thought was the place. And he said it became, the main reason was parking. With Bruce, it was always about parking because if there's parking and the ladies feel safe the ladies will come and if the ladies come the men will be there but there was an intangible there was a nice energy to the room the people who booked it were pretty cool they could have maybe done a little better with publicity but they were great people and the marketing uh, was yeah yeah marketing was terrible uh the staff was always great they always had cool beers i remember there was like a, a dead theme beer i was drinking for a while that was great well um, the, the other thing the people that designed the room um they built this place with the back, the green room had a shower and it was made for like tour buses to come through. So the idea was this place was set so that you could have large acts come through in comfort, right? Like that's a big deal. Also, the backstage was adjacent to the kitchen so they could get their food without the, you know, without having to go through the crowd. Which is a big deal for Rob. <laughs> and the Colonel, let's be real. Oh yeah, Colonel loved the food. But the the Colonel music that you're hearing here, um, there was a time, and at the you'll hear another song at the end of the episode, are from uh, something you can buy on Bandcamp. Colonel Bruce live at the Vista Room, and we recommend yeah, it. It's and, available on Spotify and elsewhere. But buy, as well. get it on Bandcamp. Bandcamp's the best way to buy or do anything. But yeah, I'll listen to it on Spotify myself too, even if I own it on Bandcamp. So yeah, but if you would, if you want to support support Bandcamp any way you can, the most artist friendly uh, company sales company I think I've ever been aware of in my 50 plus years of being a music fan. And this is, this is this recording captures uh, 50 minus this band of his with Tyler. And uh, yes, it's, it really is like the peak of this band. Like you, Some you of hear this and you're, and you can imagine where this, this band was going to go. Bruce Absolutely. was super excited about this lineup. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, just a like wonderful he, sound. He finally got ever, sorry to cut you off, Rob, but he no, no, no. finally got himself, uh, he was really comfortable with a, a nice cast of musicians um, and was really, really excited to see things like th- the, the crop. Like, you know, he had his new Kevin Scott's. He had his new O'Teal's. Like he had his new Jimmy Herring in his way. And, and you know what I'm saying, Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely. The next generation. It, it's uh, it's funny. Like like I thankfully was able to tell the colonel myself, you know, when you look at Taz, Brandon Niederauer. And you realize that the colonel reached out and, and touched him and helped his career. Taz is, is not even 20 yet. He's going to be playing music for decades and decades, which means the colonel legacy 
goes with him. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Before we go to our last segment, Seth, I want to say one thing because we're releasing on Christmas Day. Very kind of you to celebrate Christmas with me and to call this a Christmas special. <laughs> Not a holiday. We did a holiday. We did a Hanukkah special, which if you want to go back and listen to uh, my honeymoon in Israel story, uh, (laughs) then. But by the way, that was honeymoon Israel. Wait till next next year. I'm going to do divorce Israel. It's great. Dude, my divorce is better than yours. Your marriage was better than mine. And you have a better relationship with your wife. Post marriage. My wife. wife? Your ex-wife. Yeah. Well, she's cool. But she didn't like screw you you know she didn't like totally no, no, you no, off no, and but be a jerk she's not my wife anymore no i've got a great relationship right, but and i'm cool... very grateful for that and she's grateful for you so it's like she's not, it's not like she totally lost appreciation for you and turned into an asshole um but um folks if, you, if you're if you're upset and you're alone and things aren't the way you wish them to be i guess try to appreciate the good things because uh, this year yeah, but basically rob rob tell them been... tell them what you're trying to say it's been a horrible year for some people. They've lost family members, you know, they've lost jobs, they've lost livelihoods. So if you have food on the table and you still have family, you got to be grateful for that. And, and it's a down year, you know, go twice as hard next year. One thing I've learned about the Spanish flu in 1919, when we came out of it, entertainment went through the roof. So if you just ride this out, Starting probably late 2000 next year or early 2022, entertainment wise, it's going to be sick for years, years. Mm-hmm. And if you need a little pick me up uh, and all the spirit of Rob saying here, folks, I highly recommend Scrooge with Bill Murray. It's t- yeah, you just need a little love there, man. I'm also on Twitter. Tweet at me directly if you're lonely and bored. I'll be I'll be home Christmas Day. You know how I'm cheering myself up, Seth? With Chinese food and masturbation. No, three things. Uh, masturbation got to clean because as you know, I don't do that enough. So that could I take do- three weeks. Oh my God. How many Wendy's rappers are in your apartment? Oh, I I'll can't try even again. imagine. You know, I don't do that that much. So when I do do it, it kind of, it kind of gives me a high and that'll put me in a Christmas spirit. Secondly, Robin Hitchcock and Emma Swift live stream 3 PM. And thirdly, New Orleans, New Orleans Saints are playing the Vikings before I'm looking forward to that. You're listening to sports radio with Rob Turner. Not mentioning NBA. Oh, we got hockey, which is cool. But NBA, I'm, I don't know. When do the playoffs start? I don't really care. I don't know, NBA. but we got an announcement in an hour and a half live YouTube with Trey. What do you think yeah, it's going to be? Big moment for Seth. Um, I think. Oh, oh come on. It's, it's a big moment for Osiris, not for. It's not just for oh, me. Oh, yes. It's great for Osiris, too. I love that. I'm all about that. We should mention. We should uh, mention. I've, what do you think? Just stop mentioning. Talk to me here, buddy. What the hell do you think the announcement's going to be? Is it a New Year's? Is it a live New Year's? Is it Trey just wishing everyone a happy Merry Christmas? A three-night dinner and a movie run and uh, Christmas wishes and uh, uh, intentions that Fish is going to come back and with something in 2021. But so no live fish from Madison Square Garden. New I'm Year's hoping Eve. I'm wrong, but my opinion of that is based on people who are much more fish aware than I. Although, okay. I've been right, although I've been right on a lot of fish things recently, haven't right? I? Right? 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 All right, folks. Thank you so much. From the bottom of our hearts, we want to thank you so much for being our listeners, sticking with us, tuning in and tuning out, sending you lots and lots of holiday love. And we, this year, a lot of the episode ideas, a lot of the things we did were based on your feedback. So please... You want an artist? You want us to interview an artist? You want us to cover a topic? Email us at insideoutwtns at gmail. 
com. And please help us out on social media, Inside Out WTNS on Twitter. I am R-S-T-N-E-R on Twitter. I'm a for great our, follow. I'm, the most, our, I'm, one, I'm told I'm one of the most underrated uh, people on Twitter, Seth. You are underrated, not underrated. Uh, but listen, Rob, you know what? For Christmas, for Hanukkah, for New Year's, for Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you celebrate, if you want to give us a gift, just share the show. And we leave you with this. We go back to Nick and Lindsay, and Nick tells us a cool little story. And then we hear a really nice twist on Fixin' to Die. And then we end with one more track from that Colonel Bruce and Madrid Express at the Vista Room. In the year of Oted, when Craig became Corbin Factory's manicured stale salt lugs, the utensil ocean prevailed. Then came the sixes in the sensitive film Merlot's Cabbage. As the six restrained the Portuguese invasion, thereby exalting Jack Schaefer's Basin. So his bass player uh, for the past couple years before Bruce passed away is Franer Joseph, who's playing tonight. And I think the, maybe the day that Franer was born, Bruce cut an album, and on one of the songs, the song Braytoga Nib, it starts off and it's a woman just saying, Franer? Oh, and wow. it's like, you know, 30 <laughs> years later, those two met, and it was on his birthday. <sighs> just crazy stuff. Man. Like so Bruce had that just like cosmic, totally, uh, you know, you couldn't put your finger on it, what it was. But he also was very intentional and my favorite thing about my favorite memory of him is that he'd give everyone a different name and it it was i mean there were theatrics and a stage element to it which was fun but it was kind of his way of giving people almost like a costume to act in so like all my conceptions of who I am as Nick D Sebastian were thrown out the window when he started calling me Nick the Assassin and it's like wow all of a sudden I can play as this character and that's like well, that's the wrestling manager in him, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then, he, like everyone that he played with, and he would have in his band, he'd give him a different name, and it was like almost their their cape of invincibility to then go and play anything. Those Vista Room gigs, how how much were they on the fly, and was it ever anything prepared or or rehearsed? It was he just calling it like Tom Brady at the line. So he and Tyler. Um, they would, they would, Tyler would come up with a set beforehand and he'd be sitting there with Bruce and Bruce would say, oh, that's good. Let's move this one around. But it was, the music was, we knew what songs we were going to play for the most part, but could go anywhere within them. Um, and Bruce was a master of kind of sculpting a show so that there were no breaks. And it was almost like every song went into the next. So there would never be a lull in the energy, um, for the sake of, a pause, you know, and, some, and not just for like you all as musicians. He would mess around with the sound man too. Like, what was that last time where where he we went ahead and like had you guys un, like the sound guy gets everything done and he goes, "All right, guys, unplug." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd do stuff like that. He'd get up, he'd the song this last song be playing and he'd get up and walk to the back of the room all through the audience and everyone was like, "Where's he going?" And they'd think that he would leave and then he'd come walking right back in. Wave to everyone. <laughs> Um, yeah, just such an entertainer and a beautiful person. Will you sing one? Do you sing lead, Lindsay? Oh, um, I sing a little bit. Would you mind singing one? One for Bruce. Absolutely. That he yeah. Fixing to die. Yeah. Thank you guys so much.
funny, Lord, feel like I'm fixing to die. Well, I'm walking kind of funny, Lord, feel like I'm fixing to die. Well, I don't mind dying, I hate to see my children cry. Put down that cane and move, boy, why you can get out your chair. Put on them shoes and walk Be proud of the gray in your hair Let it ride, let it roll, let it flow Miss you, Colonel.
Down. 